Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, host of the Get Well Soon podcast series and creator of the Get Well Soon coaching program. Helping people heal themselves of chronic illness and persistent symptoms with food and the power of the mind. As a celebrity nutritional chef and holistic psychologist with nearly two decades of experience, I'm so excited to bring you some of the most seasoned professionals in the arena of health and wellness. Please share this podcast series with anyone you think may benefit. I have interviews with some top names like celebrity nutritionist and best-selling author J.J. Virgin on traumatic brain injuries and Chris Wark from Chris Beat Cancer on what everyone needs to know about cancer and so, so much more. So please take just a moment, leave a review right here on iTunes, and for anyone that leaves a review this month, you will be entered into a drawing for a free 20-minute Get Well Soon session with me, plus a downloadable copy of my acclaimed cookbook, Done With Dairy, Giving Up Gluten, 14 Days to a Delicious and Healthy You. So please just take a minute or two of your time and help get the message of today's show out to the many, as many listeners as possible. So today, I'm so excited to introduce to you a kindred spirit and colleague in the movement for a world that's free from toxins that are all around us and unfortunately within us, then I believe that makeup is such an overlooked category of health. The chemicals in makeup can mimic hormones in your body that destroy your endocrine system. So you know, like your thyroid and your pancreas, and we're hearing about all these people with thyroid diseases and, and diabetes, those things that secrete hormones and regulate the body, you know those things. <laughs> Temperature, metabolism, mood, everything. Is, is dictated by your endocrine system. So today I have with me celebrity makeup artist, Akua Asset. Akua Asset says that beauty is so much more than painting a mask on your face. There are aspects of beauty that we haven't even begun to tap into. A soon-to-be naturopathic doctor, Akua specializes in holistic beauty. Having worked with a who's who of celebrities, she is the author of Superwomen and Goddesses, Work in Your Power, and Magic Book One, founder of the Healing Beauty Arts Council, and will be presenting her debut cosmetic line collection, A-U-S-E-T, Osei, Osei, <laughs> i got to make sure I say that right, on Thursday, the 29th of October is when she launches. It's a dossier of healing beauty rituals disguised as cosmetics. I love that. Akua is committed to providing tools, structure, and support for women who are busy taking care of others and building their careers, helping them to remember to engage in one healing beauty ritual each day. In this interview, Akua talks about the necessity of introducing a new industry and category of beauty product. I am so excited to have you here, Akua. Welcome. Oh, my goodness. Meg, when you said that we're kindred and colleagues, I, I feel exactly... I was just thinking, I feel like you're like <laughs> my soul sister. I um, just thank you for uh, allowing me to be part of this wonderful podcast. 
You're welcome. I'm, I'm so excited to uh, to learn from you because I know this is your area of expertise. Um, and I know at one point you mentioned to me that you'd had a healing crisis and um, you're a celebrity makeup artist. Um, working with some of the top celebrities in the industry, in the world. Um, and uh, you had a big shift and change. So, so what happened in your life that made you go into this non-toxic beauty world? You know, it's so funny because, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, as you get older, you kind of reflect back on the ways of your mothers and your grandmothers and your aunts. And, you know, yeah. I grew up, you know, with a lot of traditional remedies and, uh, you know, ancestral rituals and, you know, you, you get to be a certain age and think you know everything and, you know, kind of go out into the world. And at, you know, about 30 years old, I uh, found that I was having migraine headaches and just erratic emotions and uh, just not feeling well. And I just said to myself, I'm way too young to be feeling like this. So I just, you know, it's, I just kind of uh, willed and uh, attracted some healers into my life. And I met a man by the name of Dr. Romeo Brooks, who uh, is the owner of Roots Nutrition, and went to one of his um, workshops, and he talked about uh, cleansing and, uh, you know, things that I hadn't really looked into, although my mother, you know, had me drinking warm water and lemon and um, and okay. probably years before that, I actually met Karen Calabrese, who is the founder of um, Karen's Fresh Corner uh, in Chicago. Actually, she has the first raw food restaurant, I believe, in the country. Um, oh, yeah, that's so, great. you know, she had kind of planted a seed about, you know, human beings are the only people that, you know, drink another, you know, mammals or, you know, creatures milk. So, <laughs> this, yes, this I talk seed, about that a lot in my work. Yeah. Like, so, this. What? The seeds were planted, but when I was like, you know, laid up for three days with migraine headaches, I just, you know, I really uh, went to, you know, took that to task and did my first 21-day detox and uh, just did it to feel better. But I noticed incredible benefits in my skin, which was already pretty clear and balanced, but like, it's like the sun was shining from inside of my pores. My eyes were clear. I felt, I felt like a superhero. My sh thinking was sharp. I'm just like, okay, this this is it. I've been a makeup artist for all these years, but like this is like the, the beauty <laughs> secret of life. Like yeah, having a clean absolutely. body inside. Absolutely. And being nourished. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You point out some really important things. I think a lot of people don't make the connections between um, the toxic things that we eat every single day, that we have in our environment, that we put on our skin, that we that we breathe in, and all of that, and how they they create our migraines, they create our erratic emotions. I mean, are they are they're a contributing factor to that? And so that's one of the things I want people to kind of start making the leap as they listen to you and your your personal story is that those things are all interconnected. And so I, I hope this this will reach somebody or lots of somebody's in that regard <laughs> so and now you're you're exposed in that industry you're exposed to makeup all day long you've got it on your hands um you're dealing with different types of lotions and uh, makeup removers and fumes from, i mean there's all kinds of things you're dealing with so um what kinds of things uh did did you learn from from that 
experience as, as you went through down this pathway of oh, cleansing inside it happens from the inside out <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting it's it's not until this moment that i just remembered this um i in the midst of my uh, career as a celebrity makeup artist there was a strike the actor strike and so uh my work had slowed down so i decided to take a course in barbering so i actually went to school for barbering and my instructor made the connection between African-American hairstylists that were giving uh, their clients relaxers with, you know, using chemicals on their scalp to straighten their hair with them dying from pancreatic cancer. And he, had made, he had made that connection. So, um, and this is the first time I'm remembering that that planted a seed. So, um, so that, so the, the health crisis that I had was probably in 2000, 2000, and then I went through the training in about 2002, and then in 2008, I said, I want to be able to endorse like a skincare line and a cosmetic line, because people are always asking me, what do you use, what do you use, what do you use? So uh, I had already begun to be more mindful about what I was uh, consuming, you know, in terms of my food. And I said, well, let me start looking at, like, what's in this makeup. You know, I've been <laughs> custom blending makeup, you know, since 1993 and uh, just never gave it a thought. So right. I went on this whole odyssey of uh, just checking out ingredients, looking up what they were and just um, yeah. just down that whole rabbit hole. Because I'm like, these people have to know, like, the effects of these substances that they put in our makeup. I mean, um, and some of the most popular, celebrated, mainstream cosmetic brands were the most carcinogenic, toxic cocktails <laughs> that were available. So I just... So what I did is I compiled the information. I just wanted to get the information out. So I made these little bookmarks of like the effects yes. of, of wearing toxic, um, you know, beauty products with toxic ingredients. And then also listed the ingredient names so people could flip the jar around, look, you know, compare the list and just make a choice, you know, to buy it or not. Right. And then um, in all my zeal, I printed like 2,500 of them. And in all my zeal, I didn't realize, I'm like, well, I can't go out there telling people delivering this news without making a suggestion of what else they could use. So, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yes. So I, so I would, you know, distribute the bookmarks to, you know, some of my clients, but I didn't, I kind of said, okay, well, I need to find something that people can use. So I just, you know, I had a little uh, background in mixing cosmetics, so... From there on, I started to mix my own, you know, concealers and foundations and powders and and really started to decrease the amount of, uh, you know, toxic cosmetics. And, uh, you know, I would say now my kit is down to like 99% toxin-free. I still use um, certain mascaras for performance and um, the latex glue for eyelashes. But everything else is pretty much, you know, clean and edible. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that whole idea of eat, being able to eat your makeup, yes. <laughs> eat your body products. That's oh, awesome. Um, can you give listeners just a few examples of some of the toxic chemicals to look out for that are really important to get away from? 
off of your skin, which yeah. means it goes into your body. Absolutely. Well, you know, two of the most popular, and I think manufacturers have finally gotten hip to the parabens. I remember in my research finding out that uh, out of 20 tumors that were taken from breast, breast cancer patients, 18 out of those contained parabens. So parabens as in methylparaben, ethylparaben, propylparaben, uh, butylparaben, and they're basically a, a very inexpensive preservative uh, that, you know, is very dangerous. And now um, you're seeing a lot that no parabens, uh, but then, you know, they can be crafty. They'll put something else in there. You know, uh, I, I can't pronounce, I have to see it to pronounce, but it's like methyloxazine or something. But it's a different type of preservative, but it's still not something that you should be ingesting daily because if you're putting it on the top of your skin, if the molecules are small enough, they're going down your, into your pores, into the epidermis, and then into your bloodstream. Your, your blood vessels feed the skin. Um, and if they're not small enough to get down into the uh, past the, derm, the epidermis, into the dermis, actually, I flipped that, it's the dermis. Um, they can clog your pores. So, so, you know, so it's, it's important. They go in faster than if you were to eat something, because when you eat something, you have to digest it, but you know, um, you know, you're putting it on top of your skin. So it's going into the blood faster than if you were to eat it. So it's really important. Uh, so, and then, and then the second are the silicones, um, the, which are, which, uh, make products feel you know, silky and give it kind of that nice uh, mm. texture, the, the dimethicones and symethicones and uh, the polymers that are put in the lip glosses. So I just, just plastics. And if you can just think about what is possible when you're, you know, especially in a lip product, you're, you're going to, you know, undoubtedly get that, you know, consume some of that into your mouth. Absolutely. Because so we do eat our lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just do. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're just, you know, so what does your body do if you're consuming bits and bits of plastic every day? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just think about that. Definitely. Um, okay. So, uh, silicones, parabens, is there another ingredient you would, you would say is the, a, the polymers? A yeah. The polymers. You'll find those in lip glosses. Okay. And what are the, what are, tell us about polymers. Uh, polymers, well, poly is like, you know, polyester is, is a form of plastic. Uh, so that, I, I, I don't, I haven't, I believe that that creates kind of a viscosity to a lip gloss. It makes it, you know, nice and, <laughs> um, you know, gooey without being sticky. So uh, that's what it does. But yeah, anytime you see poly, poly that's a plastic. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, so those are chemicals that we want to see. I mean, I've seen them on, sometimes I'll see them say paraben-free or mm -hmm. phthalate-free right. or um, that kind of thing. So so whenever you see that on a label, of course, it's like, oh, wow, okay, that must be a good thing because they removed it. It must be something that most people know about, but I think a lot of people still don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I just I just think it's suspect when, you know, when you read a product, something free, something free. It's just like, a, I would be more attracted to a product that was telling me what it had in it. Because if you got super clean, great ingredients, you're going to be screaming to the rooftops about that, as opposed to what it doesn't have. So 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> So you have uh, a list of the top 10 most annoying business practices. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought that would be fun because it truly is annoying to me. It's like things that make me roll my eyes a lot. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I should put this together and share it with people. I just love the thought of it. So can you go over some of these annoying beauty business practices? Um, Let's see. I don't have it in front of me, but. I, I'm, I'm sure I could just come up with, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> this, this one, when I wrote it, literally made me laugh out loud. Um, I like, so there was like the top 10 and I kind of started with 10 like David Letterman. So, uh, this one, uh, I said unicorn sperm and diamonds. And what that means <laughs> is that it's, it's annoying to me when like, uh, you know, they'll, list some exotic ingredient like you know i think in japan it's just like they were using bird poop you know and like these you know very high-end luxury creams and you know just to sell you uh the product and uh i think i ran across a product somewhere where they actually said that there was like uh i don't know some celestial or diamond i don't know but just that's annoying to me when it's just it's just kind of an emotional, sensationalistic way to, like, oh, wow, let me spend this $400 on this moisturizer. Oh, so, gosh. And are these moisturizers, I mean, like, they do talk about ones, I've seen them, where they have diamond dust in them. And, <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah, we want to put that on our faces because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why, would it, why do we want to do that? Yeah. Um, so, so $400 for a little thing of face cream, I mean, is there anything in the world that's really worth that when it comes to face cream? Well, I mean, I would say yes if okay. you have a product that has very rare uh, plant essences. For instance, jasmine. Got it. Jasmine okay. is the most expensive essence uh, because it's very uh, it's not so easy to extract. Uh, the essence from that. So, you know, if it were infused with jasmine, okay, then I could see why it would would be that. In fact, I I worked for an organic botanical perfumer and she only used uh, like hydro distilled uh, plant essences. So, you know, those processes can be pretty uh, involved. So I would say in those instances, that makes sense to me. Um, Yeah, but, you know, I, I... some of the processes, you know, just, I mean, for me, the, you know, state of the art scientific, like I just, I just, I was talking to one of my suppliers the other day. I said, you know, I just want the ingredient to be as close as the creator made it because I feel like the creator knows better than I do. So I want it as close to that, like, you know, little, you know, little processing, refining, because I still want the God principle in it. So Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, for me, it's, I don't trust all of the lab and the too much tinkering, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We see this in the pharmaceutical industry that yeah. the chemical compounding that they create is, uh, is almost nearly always toxic. It has some horrifying to- toxic side effect and we've got these commercials that like, right. like, like this is okay just to say, you know. Uh, this may cause your test- intestines to explode. <laughs> right. Or, you know, your, your liver could completely deteriorate if you take this medication. Right. But, 
it's safe and effective. Right. Yes. <laughs> and so. you're gonna get better. No. Um, but yeah, plant compounds are critical in healing. We know this in the world of natural medicine. And so putting this on your face, absolutely. You know, yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. So. Okay, so what's another annoying beauty business practice? Okay, so um, same, same, same. What, Meg, just, okay, so you're, you're a celebrity chef. Just think about this. What if all of the food in the entire world came from the same 20 kitchens from the same 20 chefs? How exciting would that be in the world? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Boring. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not to mention toxic. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much the case with uh, most of the makeup brands. Now you can probably guess there's probably thousands of makeup brands, but uh, there's basically 20 major cosmetic manufacturers in the world, and uh, people can very easily just say, "Oh, I want my own line," so they'll go to a private label company and get it made. So. Um, you know, that doesn't excite me. So it's just basically a difference of packaging. And, you know, I I am excited, on the other hand, about all of these makers that are coming up, you know, not just in the beauty industry, but just um, I think the economy has created an opportunity for people to be creative and be entrepreneurial. And so I love the creativity of people coming up with uh you know, these great ideas and putting their energy into it as opposed to, you know, just 20 labs making all of the cosmetics and it's just packaged differently and named differently and, you know, different copyright, you know, copywriting, you know, for right, each project. Right. So, exactly. yeah, exactly. It's the same thing, different yeah. price points, all of that are, it's interesting. That's um, good to know. So, um, tell us a little bit about your line. Well, you know, it's funny because I actually never had any desire whatsoever to have a cosmetic line because I'm just like, why on earth do we need yet another cosmetic line? There's <laughs> so much already. And, uh, you know, and I'm just one of those people that really, you know, if everybody's doing, you know, that, I want to do the opposite. Like, I just don't want to do what everyone else is doing. So, um However, I did see that there were some holes that I could address. Uh, being someone who works on sets all the time as a makeup artist, I need uh, cosmetics that perform well on, in front of the camera that have some longevity so that I'm not having to recreate you know, the face all day. Um, I, of course, need them to be clean and non-toxic terms of the ingredients I need them to I work with people from you know all different ethnicities so from porcelain skin to the most chocolate I need you know some diversity in color yeah and uh and I was just finding that you know I could find clean lines but they didn't perform well or they didn't you know cover all of the colors I needed so uh so those are the things that definitely will be part of uh, cosmetic brand and however the context the, the the largest difference is the context that I'm going to be interfacing with these cosmetics and the whole focus of my brand will be for women to 
take care of themselves, to have healing beauty rituals. I really suspect that in the ancient times, uh, the priestesses and sacred women and, um, you know, healers, they utilize cosmetics, and the root word is cosmos, cosmetic, you know, and that's order, you know, so rituals provide order. So I have a sneaking suspicion that they used cosmetics as part of spiritual ceremony as well as the therapeutic and healing benefits from what they were using. Uh, you know, using plant-based, earth-based uh, substances. And I've, I've read that too. I read that uh, about Egypt particularly. Mm -hmm. You know, you see all of the beautiful uh, pictures of Cleopatra and the, the makeup that they spent time on. It was a ritual. It was a, and then they used things from the earth, of course, because you know, CoverGirl was not around back then. No, nope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so it's, it sounds like what you're creating is, is a return to the earth. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'm, I'm doing away with the whole idea of make up as a word because it's just like when I think about that, it's just like, well, okay, what do we have to make up for? Women give birth to leaders and we build empires. Like what on earth do we have to make up for? So, um, <laughs> so I'm interacting with these cosmetics as a healing beauty ritual to as a, as a magic wand, like my, my mindful moment at the beginning of the day to be intentional about, you know, administering healing protocols to my body and um, as an empowerment, not as a mask or something apologetic, something I'm making up for. So um, interesting thing I found out in the 1900s, um, women would go to apothecary or pharmacist to have their uh, beauty products or cosmetics made and they would be put in a paper bag and those women that would wear those cosmetics were looked at as like you know kind of you know prostitutes or those types of women you know a good woman wouldn't be wearing you know these types of things so it wasn't until the 20s that the young people kind of cut their hair and started wearing bright lit red lipsticks and, you know, putting on the brows. And I just feel like there's a connection between the oppression of, of women as healers and powerful and the, um, the idea that cosmetics are for prostitutes. Um, you know, I haven't read that, but I'm just kind of making that connection. It's like, well, wait a minute. If, if the priestesses and sacred women healers use cosmetics as, you know, a tool in their spiritual and healing experience and then in the 1900s you know women that wore cosmetics were prostitutes like what happened well we know about the salem rich trials and, and the, you know eradication of healers so um so those are just kind of the connections i'm making and so this collection is all about you know picking up our magic wands and and having a self-care and empowering you know mindful moment every day just one that's that's all i'm asking because, you know, I know as a single mom, there would be days I'd wake up and it's like, wait, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> I've been running around and I haven't even eaten. So if you haven't eaten, I'm sure you haven't done all the other things. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, you're talking about the difference between making up and covering up and having it be about bringing out, you know, just bringing out the what's inside the inner being, the inner beauty. And I know that you've offered uh, various cleanses as well for people, um, you know, 
juice cleanses and things like that to help create the skin the skin care. So there's it's a lot more than uh, than you know mascara and eyeliner. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Well, there's a theme of kind of uh, with the organic beauty detox. There's a theme of letting go of what's not you, letting go of the toxins inside, flushing it, and even with this uh, cosmetic collection. It's about not putting on masks, but, you know, adding healing therapeutic substances to your body that will actually beautify you because you're taking care of yourself. So, yeah, that's a, a theme of letting go what's not, what's not you, essentially, and, you know, exalting your divine beauty. Beautiful. I love that. It's really great. Now, can you tell listeners what is the ultimate beauty mistake that women make? <laughs> well, I just, it's so funny, I, I had kind of a contest um, for some of my social media followers on my email list, and had some really, really great responses, but what I was looking for is what we were just talking about, and that is not taking care of everyone else before you take care of yourself. So I, I feel that that, just that one thing filters into so many different areas. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, I see that, you know, with the people that I work with who are sick, you know, mm -hmm. a lack mm -hmm. of lack of self-care mm -hmm. leads to a lot of, a lot of illness, a lot of, so what do you, what kinds of things do you see? Well, just like the basics, like for me, um, I've made it very easy for myself and, and, uh, there are a few elements that I kind of check in with myself, and that's uh, one, when I wake up in the morning, just to be grateful, like just for, for, for everything, you know, just the simplest things. I'm breathing, I can see, like, you know, I have food in the refrigerator, so, you know, yeah. uh, that's definitely a beauty ritual, just the gratitude and how it makes you feel. Uh, the yeah. second thing is uh, breathing. Breathing is so important. Deep control breathing, because when you get into a stressful situation, your body goes into fight or flight mode. And so it's through the breath, you know, deep controlled breathing, uh, that you return your nervous system back to maintenance mode, where you're digesting food and, and the body is, you know, taking care and maintaining. But when you're in fight or flight, it doesn't do any of those things. So if you're eating uh, in a stressed state, you're not even digesting the food. Mm. Um, so number one, like if, if nothing else, and it seems like it's not a big deal because, you know, people don't really notice the breath, you know, it's like, you notice yeah, it, so you notice it when it's not there, you know, cause try to hold your breath for more than 60 seconds. It's, <laughs> it's hard, but the, the, you know, just when you wake up, just really being mindful and taking a moment to, you know, breathe through the nose and exhale through the nose and, you know, really taking in a nice, and you'll get a little bit of an oxygen high from that, uh, and also before you go to sleep, and during the day when, you know, you're stressed out, you're in traffic or whatever, um, you know, and staying hydrated, you know, drinking the water and water-rich food, it's the stuff that, you know, we've heard all of our lives, but I think the key with this election um, is giving support structure so that people can actually implement it, it not being kind of theory or philosophy, but it's like actually something to do. Right. Okay. It's great. Um, yeah, this, 
particular self-care things are extremely important. <laughs> and I think that a lot of us forget, you know, you know, we get going and we forget. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to drink water and <laughs> I need to breathe. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting too, is I know that a lot of people that went through uh, traumatic upbringings and abuse in the house or whatever, that they tend to stop breathing mm. on a regular basis. Mm. Like they'll suddenly, like they'll suddenly just realize, Oh my gosh, I'm not breathing. Right, right. <laughs> and they'll have to take in a deep breath yeah. because they tried to be as quiet as they possibly could so they wouldn't be noticed. Right. Um, you know, because breathing, you, you could hear it. So um, there's a lot of reasons behind why people don't really think about it and don't participate in that breathing action. And, and it's food. Yeah. I mean, air, air is food. Totally, <laughs> totally. Have you heard of breathitarians? I've, I cannot imagine, but I've actually yeah. heard of breathitarians, people who live off of oxygen. That's funny. Now, I had heard of a saint in India mm -hmm. lived off of air, and she would have, like, little bits of lemon water, but she didn't eat. Wow. She lived for years and years and years that way, like, yes, you know, interesting. 60 years or something. It was amazing. Oh, so that goodness. was her... It was her superpower. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So, um, so can you give listeners something that they can do to improve their health right now? Hmm. Which thing? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Yes. I am going to challenge every listener to appoint a holy hour every day to be mindful um, and to engage in a little self-care. Now, it might mean waking up a little earlier, and even if it's just like you wake up an hour earlier and you're just in bed, just being still, you know, um, and kind of going over your mind how your day how you want your day to be, or maybe it's, you know, making a little uh, infusion, some tea before you go to bed, so when you wake up, you, you have a really nice steeped um, tea in the morning, but just one hour a day for self-care, for beauty ritual, just, just one hour, and whatever you want to do in that hour, do that, okay. know, but that's just a daily rendezvous with yourself. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, you could do a number of things in that hour, you know, drink water, go for a walk, do some breathing exercises, meditate, all kinds of things. So, um, okay, so your, your uh, line of cosmetics, cosmic medics. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's like, duh, it's right there in the word, cosmos. Yeah. Um, that launches next week. Thursday, so the 29th. Thursday. It's exciting and very scary for me. It's offset. And I love I love the way that you were saying it. You were saying it because French people will be saying it. Oh, say it. <laughs> so I love that you said it that way, but it's offset. Offset. Yeah. And actually, in the background on offset is offset is um, the name of the most ancient goddess in recorded history. Oh, wow. Yeah, Aset. She's an ancient Egyptian goddess. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. 
get those divine inspirations and uh, being able to attract things. I mean, the law of attraction is all about uh, being magnetic. And as women, we are the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if we can really step into that femininity and, um, you know, but, uh, you know, we're human beings and, you know, I think sometimes it takes times for cycles to, you know, go back and forth and then balance. But uh, I think we're coming out of that, you know, go, 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 push, 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 aggressive, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you just with, uh, so I would just encourage women to just, you know, find a way to tap into that, their, their natural power as women, feminine power to be magnetic and attract. Uh, you know, tap into your magic. That's beautiful. I love that. And uh, and anyone who's listening, you can help. Uh, Akua can help you tap into that. So please go check out her website again um, at aset.com. <laughs> uh, right? Perfect. Aset. Say, I even asked you at the beginning, how do you say your name right? And I still got it right. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> Totally. You can call me whatever you want. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And uh, really appreciate you so much for what you're doing in the world. Likewise. Likewise. I just, I love following your Get uh, Get Well Soon group on Facebook because it's so nice to meet someone that, uh, that I can learn from and I just, you know, like, what everything that you say, I'm like completely in alignment and, and totally agree. And it's just, it's just wonderful to see that you've really uh, committed yourself to assisting people with getting well. So I just, I'm honored and applaud you, applaud you, and I'm so great, grateful that we're in each other's lives. Thank you. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We're all helping to lift up humanity and make yeah. them well together. So yeah. I love that. So if you have a chronic illness like diabetes, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, or even cancer, or maybe you just have persistent symptoms like migraine headaches or skin rashes that just won't go away, if you've got any of those, I would love to work with you and to help you get well soon. Just find me on Facebook, like Akua was just saying, that I have a, a, a uh, online private group called Get Well Soon. Um, you can message me there. You can find me on meghayworth.com. Um, and here on iTunes, please just take a moment to leave a review. And for anyone that leaves a review this month, you will be entered into a drawing for a free 20-minute Get Well Soon session, plus a downloadable copy of my acclaimed cookbook, Done With Dairy, Giving Up Gluten, 14 Days to a Delicious and Healthy You. So please just take a moment uh, and just help us get the message out there for today's show to as many listeners as possible. And remember, food can kill you or food can heal you. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope that this podcast will help you get well soon. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.